0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Radio Voice of Eastern Airlines is on the air talking about our favorite way to fly, Eastern Airlines. We're on the air twice weekly now, Thursday afternoon with REPA, the Retired Eastern Pilots Association Radio Hour, at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And the Eastern Airlines Radio Show every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Both broadcasts are live call-in shows, and we welcome your comments on the air. Our hosts are from around the U.S. Yes, we have identified over 50 countries around the world who regularly listen to our show. My name is Neil Holland, retired Eastern captain and the producer of the show. I hope you enjoy tonight's broadcast. And now, Chuck Albright, our announcer, will get the show in the air. Chuck, it's all yours.
2: Well, thank you. Hello, Eastern family and friends. As our producer said, we're glad you're with us for more Eastern talk, news, and information. As he said, my name's Chuck Albright. I'm coming to you live from the villages, Florida. Our producer, Captain Neal, is in St. Augustine, and our hosts are scattered all around the country. Captain Jim and Carrie Holder live in the Atlanta area. Captain Mike and the New York area on Long Island, and as Captain George Jen, he's out there on in uh, New York too. Uh, Colleen DeFlees is in Wesley Chapel, Florida, just north of Tampa. Dorothy Don Gagnon in the villages just north of where I live. Mark Parler, our New Eastern 3.00 reporter, is in Miami. And hello, one and all. Uh, Mr. Producer, if you see any of our other regulars, please let me know. From all our hosts, welcome. Thank you for listening and calling the show for over the past nine plus years. You truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. We'd love to hear your comments and share your memories with the radio listeners from around the world during the broadcast. If you haven't called the show before, all you need to do is call 213. 213- 816-1611 and just say hello and talk to us on the air live every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Many of our listeners choose to listen by computer using the radio icon on our homepage at www.ealradioshow.com or perhaps by signing in at the site of our provider, blog talk radio at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Now remember to abbreviate the word Captain to C-P-C-A-P-T. Should you wish to talk during our live broadcast, feel free to use our call-in number, 213-816-1611 at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Let me repeat the number so you can write it down for your Monday night visit. 213 By the way, tell your friends about us. Our membership is growing. We're now up over 1,045 Eastern family and friends. And don't forget, you can listen to any of our 464 Monday night broadcasts and 100-plus Thursday broadcasts by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. That's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E, and scrolling through the archives of the broadcast. Each episode is briefly described. We're nearing our 600 episode now, and all because of the listeners like you wanting to talk about Eastern Airlines. Our lines are always open for calls, and if you choose not to participate and talk live with our hosts, we ask you that you please mute your phone. As our producer does not have the capability of filtering out background noises such as barking dogs and slamming doors, ice cubes and beverages and ringing phones. That is why we they put the mute feature on your phone and now I see we we're, we're number one for takeoff so captain, let's flight four sixty five in the air.
3: Okay.
0: Package. When you need the sun, only one. Eastern Super 7 Vacations to Florida, Mexico, the Bahamas, the Caribbean. One low price for airfare, hotel, and more. One week to do whatever you choose. Super Seven Vacations. How little they cost, how much they offer. When you need- was a neighborhood street, handle bars, bicycle seats, a house full of love, a great place to grow once upon a long time ago. If only I could go back again. To mom and dad and all of my friends, I would feel safe with the people I know from once upon a long time ago.
4: Hello. Once upon a long time ago. You know, you grew up in old Miami or Dade County. If you remember these next 18 items, first, the Dade County Courthouse building in the county. The Biscayne Dog Track next to I-95 was west of Barry College. Jitneys would take you from the city to Miami Beach and Lincoln Road for only 25 cents. In Amelia Earhart Field, a former Miami Municipal Airport, was on Lejeune Road. The world's first commercial jet aircraft in the aircraft graveyard was the British Comet. It was junk, along with many other abandoned aircraft, that accumulated in an area of the northwest corner of Miami International Airport's 36th Street, sometimes referred to as Cockroach Corner. Johnny and Mac by the railroad track used car a lot on 36th Street. The Chesapeake Restaurant on the Miami River near Miami High Life and the airport. And uh, the Miami Beach Dog Track located at the southern tip of Miami Beach. Hialeah Racetrack that had the prime winter racing dates and was packed with tours every day it was open. Mr. Bill, Miami Snake Man, has and the Miami Serpentarium that operated from 1948 until 1984 at US 1 and Southwest 126th Street. The number of times this man was bitten by venomous snakes was unbelievable. The large aviation building east of Miami International Airport on Northwest 27th Avenue, Embry-Riddle, had classrooms there, among other companies. During World War II, the military took over the building, which once served as a poultry business, thus earning the nickname the Chicken Coop. The Opalaca Airport that the military took over during the Cuban Missile Crisis, that was in 1962, and your producer tells me he was there as the chief flight instructor for Air Aviation. You might also remember the four-engined Lockheed R6V Constitution, a large propeller-driven double-decker transport aircraft developed in the 1940s by Lockheed as a long-range, high-capacity transport and airliner for the U.S. Navy and Pan American Airways. It was there for several years, just parked on that area between the runways. R-4360 WASP Major, a 28-cylinder engine, engines were used to power the aircraft the crossing arms on Lejeune Road that blocked vehicle traffic while National Airlines propeller aircraft taxied to or from their maintenance hangar. Now Baker Aviation School on the east side of Lejeune Road. The school was formerly located behind the Sears Roebuck store on Biscayne Boulevard and 14th Street and called Miami Technical High School where your producer got his A&E mechanic license. The public observation decks on top of every concourse at Miami International Airport with the Tencent turnstiles that most of us hopped over without getting caught. And the Beatles arriving at Miami International Airport to appear on the Ed Sullivan Show and vacation in the area. That was February of 1964. That was when I was in training down there. Well, in the original Tamiami Airport, out in the boonies on Southwest 8th Street. It seemed like half the town worked for Eastern Airlines, National Airlines, or Pan American World Airways. And some businesses along 36th Street were Lum's Restaurant, the Field Shop, Traveler's Hotel, Villas, the Gateway, just to name a few. From once upon...
0: A long time ago,
5: and uh, in New York, uh, I remember growing up there. Once upon a long time ago, I remember eating at the automat, coin-operated restaurants that were located all along Broadway in New York City, uh, along with the Astor, Biltmore, Manhattan, Edison, Paramount, and Sheraton hotels, which is where the Eastern cruise laid over. Uh, The bridges and tunnels of New York, the ones Eastern flight crews, those of us who were based here, drove across or with uh, our own cars or with the Figazi limos from Idlewild, later known as Kennedy, LaGuardia, Newark Airports, the Lincoln and Holland Tunnels, the Midtown Bridge, the Manhattan Bridge, the Whitestone Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, the GW, uh, which is also known as the George Washington Bridge. If you work for Eastern, you also uh, more than likely crossed one of these famous bridges on your way to the airports of New York, or if you flew on New York helicopter on many of the Eastern co-terminal operations between Kennedy, LaGuardia, and Newark. Then it was also the uh, downtown Nathan's Coney Island hot dog uh, stand that was located near Times Square, and speaking of food, pizza from just about any of the pizza restaurants in New York was great. And for Italian food, of course, everybody went to Mama Leone's. And for their Eastern employees, some didn't even own their own cars if they lived in New York City and used the subway system. The most subway famous subway system in the world. In fact I flew recently, not recently but frequently flew a Miami turnaround with a New York captain whose name I forget who lived in Manhattan and didn't even have a driver's license. He used to take the bus or the subway back and forth to LaGuardia. Then, of course, speaking of LaGuardia, there was Parker's that was located on 91st Street, where many of the commuter pilots hung out and where uh, Council 51 held most of its union union meetings in the basement there. And the flight at 2,000 feet over the Statue of Liberty... Then you proceed up the Hudson River with a right turn to cross north of Central Park to align with runway 13, or when making a right turn to land on runway 22 at LaGuardia. Scenery like this was a common phenomenon that was seen by the passengers aboard Eastern Airlines flights to New York. Yes, indeed, that was once upon a long
6: time ago. Carry on. Okay, I, I was waiting for the, for the, for the sound
1: clip. <laughs> <Forgotten> <laughs> anyway, the so we get, right. to, uh,
6: we get to Atlanta. Says is once upon a time, a long time ago. And you know who? You grew up in the, in the New York of the South, Atlanta, Georgia. The city you had to go through to, en route to heaven. Going to the Fox Theater on Peachtree Street and seeing the movie, stage shows, and listening to the great Fox Theater org, uh, organ being played and at the Premier Theater in 1936 for Gone with the Wind. Taking the kids to the Grand Park Zoo and riding the train around the park, and who could forget the silverback gorilla, Willie B., the most famous animal living in the Grand Park Zoo for many years. Fort Mac, as it was called, or McPherson out at Campbellton Road. And when the Atlanta Braves came to town, and that was the year of 1966, Stone Mountain and Stone Mountain International Airport, as it was known by flight crews living in the Atlanta area, and the owner, none other than Captain Mark Britt, who, along with his son, Steve Britt, another Eastern pilot, operated the airport's fixed-base operations, better known as an FBO. Now, Fulton County Airport, Charlie Brown, west of the city, on Interstate 20, near Six Flags Over, Georgia, where our producer operated a ground school, Georgia Flyers School of Aviation, with his partner, John Cornine, also an Eastern pilot. That was in 1966. Eastern Airlines was an official airline when the theme park of Six Flags Over, Georgia opened in 1967. And eating Atlanta's finest steaks, this finest steaks uh, at B. Morley's Mousetrap, Uh, downtown in underground Atlanta there you could eat at one of Atlanta's greatest Mexican restaurants called Das Amigos, owned by two eastern Atlanta-based pilots, when underground was opened. That was on April 8, 1969. Underground Atlanta officially opened to the new restaurants, bars, nightclubs, and music venues installed in the old individual storefronts the city torched by General Sherman during World War, during the Civil War. The hooch, rafting with friends down to the uh, Chattahookee River, attached behind that was a survival raft full of cold beer. And anywhere we first learned how to use curse words with public, with acceptance like, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, which <laughs> Rhett Butler said to Scarlet in, in Gone with the Wind. And here we go. Once upon a time, a long time ago.
7: Well, Boston, that's once upon a long time ago. I remember attending a concert by one of the greatest orchestra leaders ever, Arthur Fiedler, the creator of the Boston Pops. Who could forget his open air pops concert down by the Charles River? thousands who would bring blankets, sandwiches, perhaps a bottle of wine, and sit under the trees on the green acres of the Charles River Esplanade. Fiedler began conducting his outdoor concerts a few months before the Depression hit and remained the leader of the band until just about before his death in 1979. From back to boogie-woogie, he played them all. I remember seeing him perform back in 1976, 200 years since the founding of the great country. This memory had uh, me thinking back as I was right across the street at the Bay State Blue Cross and Blue Shield Company in Cambridge, and uh, it was right on the uh, Charles River, and where they held the annual 4th of July Boston Pops concert in the Hatch shell on that at esplanade. I also remember a few of these. Ye old uh, Union Oyster House, the oldest continuously operating restaurant in the entire country. Union Oyster House opened its doors in 1826. The building itself had been built before then in the early 1700s, and it served as a dress goods business, believe it or not. The Kennedy family were Union Oyster House regulars and had a dedicated booth, among other well-known diners, and the future king of France lived on the second floor in exile in 1796. Another fun fact, the toothpicks first used in restaurants was also there. Yes, how flight crews enjoyed eating at this great historic restaurant, myself included. When I used to sail into Boston Harbor myself and my uh, fleet of uh, Catalina 30 uh, sailboats, this was a favorite restaurant of ours where we could have dinner and meet up with other members of our boating club. Great restaurant and reminders of great sailing friends. And then there was Durgan Park. The roots of the restaurant stretch back even farther than its opening in 1827. When Daniel Hall Marketplace opened in 1742, a dining hall debuted in the future Durgan Park space soon after, serving fishermen, merchants, and other businessmen. John Durgan, Eldridge Park, and John G. Chandler purchased it in 1827, and in 1877 Chandler dubbed the business Durgan Park in honor of his business partners who had since died. The Chandler family continued to run the restaurant until 1945. The size of these prime rib steaks was so big, they would overlap the large plate they were served on, a favorite when visiting in the Faneuil Park area. Now this, again, is another wonderful memory I have because Blue Cross and Blue Shield transferred us from Cambridge to State Street in Boston, and I was 10 minutes away, and I walked there every day on my lunch hour and sat in Fannie Hall Market Place and ate my lunch. Sad to say that it closed January of 2019. Parker's Restaurant. It's hard to have a list like this and not mention the Omni Parker House. Built in 1855, the hotel saw a slew of famous visitors, like Dickens, Emerson, and Kennedy. Eastern provided crew rooms for flight crews laying over in Boston. The old Brattle Book Bookshop, wedged between red brick buildings, is an antiquarian bookshop that had been selling used books since 1825, and I was buying old books in my Boston layovers at the Omni Parker House near the commons in the 60s and the 70s. The first two floors of the store are packed with general use books. Space is limited as its shelves are all stuffed with titles and they're all crammed close together, making it nearly impossible to navigate the store without bumping into someone. Small step stools are scattered around the space and that allowed visitors to reach books on the higher shelves the third-floor houses, collectible, and first-edition antiquarian books spanning a range of genres. If you're lucky, you might find notes and dedications scribbled on pages from decades ago. I know because I found many stuffed among the pages of the books I bought there. That was back in the 1960s. This is what you could buy, a new car for $2,272 gas up was thirty one cents a gallon. The salary the average starting salary in Boston was six thousand five hundred and eighty five. A new co pilot with Eastern would start at five thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars a year. Now some crew members remembering buying fresh live lobsters right there at Logan International Airport. Lobby packaged and still alive for a cookout the next day upon returning to Atlanta with friends
8: Chicago once upon a long time ago here is what some folks recall back in the 50s and 60s living in Chicago People of Chicago remembering the 50s and 60s. How could one forget doing a walk around as a second officer on a cold, minus 25 degrees, windy, wintry night? I still find myself uh, shivering just to think about it. But then when I would think about my downtown Michigan Avenue layover when I was at the Palmer House Hotel, Eating a wonderful steak at Morton's Restaurant just a few blocks away, or at the Morton Grove Inn and a great breakfast before going out to the airport. No pilot flying into Chicago International Airport on a stormy night can forget Aviation Symphony Orchestra conducted by the Chicago Air Traffic Controllers as they worked flights in and out of O'Hara. International Airport. It was as if each instrument in the orchestra was a commercial airliner, listening for the conductor's direction that would lead them into the landing or takeoff. When the controller would swing the baton in the direction if it were if it if one could just set the music to the controller slash conductor or and the pilot slash orchestra it would be truly an aviation symphony. I remember those arrivals how now here's uh what we could do to buy back in those days twenty one cents would buy your hamburger <laughs> a hamburger, lettuce, tomato, and toast with a bun well on a bun it had to be a bun. <laughs> <laughs> a dozen large eggs would cost 40 cents. I just paid $5 and something for 18 <laughs> For a dollar, you could get a hamburger, fries, and salad, and a dessert. Wow.
0: <laughs> for
3: once upon a long time ago.
4: And we come to Washington, D.C. Once upon a long time ago. I remember our base in the nation's capital, and crew members in a three-bedroom apartment could be shared by five crew members total. The theory was back then, two or more would always be away on a three-day trip, since somehow it always worked out. Days off were spent sightseeing the many historical places in our country's history, starting out, of course, at the Smithsonian Institute, where hanging from the ceiling is Eastern's first mail-wing aircraft. Followed by the Douglas DC 3, given to the Institute by Captain Eddie Rickenbacker. The nearby communities of Alexandria, Falls Church, Georgetown, Bethesda, all near enough to the airport, uh, were very convenient. And the parking lot above the hangar, where the flight attendant and pilot crew scheduling had offices on the second floor. The walk through the freight uh, tunnel to get to flight operations. And the aircraft parked out on the ramp. There were no jetways back then. The beautiful cherry blossoms planted in the tidal basin along the Potomac River in Potomac Park. What a sight when you were approaching. They approached over the river and over the 14th Street Bridge at 300 feet to land on runway 18. Mr. Producer?
5: Well,
1: folks, thanks so much. Uh, I had technical difficulties tonight, and I uh, hope uh, everyone is hearing my voice, and a uh, great show that you guys put on from the uh, from uh, once upon a long time ago. And uh, any discussion about uh, any of those? Hello?
7: Yep, we Hello. can hear you all right.
1: Okay, can you still hear me? I'm... <laughs> we
7: can I uh, can. How you can? about you can Okay,
1: good. Well, we're going to conclude tonight's show before we go off the air entirely. But first of all, I wanted to ask any of you, host, your memories of any of those cities. Please, please, add, please, add your voice and your memory. Uh, the one that I described about flying over the Statue of Liberty up the Hudson River. I filmed that uh, during the one of the last flights I had to LaGuardia in a 757. And it was a beautiful video. And somehow or another, over the years, I lost it. Oh. But I can still remember it in my mind about crossing up or flying up the Hudson and, like George Jen said, making that right turn over Central Park and there's the runway and the runway that uh, that I believe they were trying to uh, uh, direct uh, uh, Sully back when he lost the two engines, and um, it would have been in that direction over the park and into uh, LaGuardia. But that's one of the most vivid memories that I have about New York, and of course all the other cities. Uh, Eastern Flute to such great cities that uh, uh, not just those that we mentioned tonight. Any other discussion you guys want to talk about?
2: Well, this is Chuck and as you guys know, I was born and raised in Miami and every one of these little ditties that you got down here, I've (laughs) either been associated with or been to. Uh, uh, When you were at Cockroach Corner, uh, I actually worked there, uh, taking uh, the doors and, and, and door sills off the uh, cargo airplanes because they would sell them to uh, the airplane uh, people down in South America. Johnny and Mac bought a railroad track. Uh, originally was a, a place where you got your car painted. It was a paint <laughs> shop, and then it, it got big enough to be a car lot course, the Chesapeake, everybody knew the Chesapeake there, because you, what you would do is, uh, most of us would go to the later games at the Miami Hialeah, so we go to Chesapeake and eat, and then go on, all you had to do is walk across the street, and Miami Hiale, I was there, of course, all the dog tracks and racetracks, Hialeah was one of the most beautiful racetracks that I think in the country, it had the pink flamingos, and and all different kinds of, of of flowers and stuff out there that a lot of the racetracks didn't have. Uh, I actually be, uh, met uh, Bill Haas, uh, the Miami uh, snake man. He actually closed up after one of the hurricanes and moved to, um, oh, I think he moved up close to Orlando. I'm not too sure. But he didn't have the snake farm anymore. He just milk, the snakes, snakes, and uh, soul of venom. I remember the aviation building. Um, originally, I think what well, was before World War II, or, or, or just after yeah, World War II, I guess. And originally, that building, I, I recalled, um, they had a hospital there, there for the military people that got wounded. And then I guess it turned into the chicken hoop. Um, Hopalaka, <laughs> I actually worked there at one of the uh, 6 base operators there, um, working on small airplanes, of course. And um, my dad was there, and, and during this, the Second World War, I believe, if, if you guys can might correct me, Opelaka actually entertained the, um, Was the, I think the Hindenburg, one of the big ships, one of the big airships flew in there. I don't know whether it was the Hindenburg or not.
1: Yeah, but they had, uh, Chuck, they had the Richmond blimp base out uh, west of the airport, and uh, they did uh, have during the war, early part of the war, uh, uh, they based the blimps there. The yeah. or whatever they were called.
2: I remember the, yeah. the hangar was still there when I was working, of course, it had long been in yeah. disarray uh over the years, but um most of these other things that you, that you got in this article, I either remember or did
3: because uh,
2: <laughs> I lived in Miami all my life until I um I I went into the military in 60 What's that? Hey,
1: Chuck, let's let me uh, ask uh, the two guys up in New York what they remember about the New York area, George and Mike. And uh, if you'll share a few of your thoughts about uh, the New York bases and living in that area. Yeah, that'd be nice. You
5: know, I think we uh, we discussed one of them a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I always used to get a laugh every time I drove over to Newark. You know, I lived out on Long Island, so I had to go across the Holland Tunnel or the George Washington Bridge. And there was always the Get Joe Meyer stickers that were posted on the baskets there <laughs> in the exact change lane. I, I, I'll never forget that. But, Neil, I have a question for you. What, whatever happened to the uh, Eastern Credit Union that was based in Miami? I mean, at one time, that was the largest credit union in the world. It
1: sure was. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Well, they put a branch office in it in Jacksonville. built a big. big building here, and Atlanta, well, of course, had a first. branch. Space, yeah. Coast.
7: Space Post. Yeah. because uh, we had the Space Post yeah. for our car um, four years ago.
9: Yeah.
6: Originally, also, yeah,
9: that was. It's
6: affiliated it with Concord. The, 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 Teachers Federal Credit Union is now part of that, uh, what used to be the Eastern Credit Union.
1: Really? My God. Yeah.
6: uh, Yeah, Yeah, it's been that way for a while.
7: Wow. And and
6: Colleen, you are
1: based in Newark. Uh, I think you were based in Newark, weren't you?
4: I was based in New York to start with when it was all
1: free.
4: And I have to tell you, I came from a one-blinking-light stoplight town in Pennsylvania. <laughs> in Jackson. And that little story got me out of a lot of tickets. When <laughs> I told them, we have one-blink, get out of here. And uh, no judging. My fondest memory of this entire list is Parker's Bar. But no judging. <laughs> I lived uh, I lived on 79th, 82nd, and 93rd. Yeah, and then transferred to, okay. Miami. but in New York at 20 years old, taking a bus, um, a subway, <laughs> and to get to get from yeah. Jackson Heights to to Newark was an, an experience in the beginning. And one quick story: my parents brought up yeah. my little corvair, my brand new roommates. We got in the car. We're gonna drive in New York. And we thought we would find our way from LaGuardia to Kennedy. And all of a sudden I saw signs and the cars are all on my left and I can't avoid going off on my right. And I see signs to <laughs> Pennsylvania Avenue and panic. I thought I was heading back to Pennsylvania already.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, hey, Neil,
5: I, I remember the name. Yes, you yes. might have known him. I remember the captain who lived in Manhattan and he never had a driver's license. And He used to take the subway and a bus to LaGuardia. His name was Jim Webster. Did you know him?
1: Yeah. No, I didn't. I knew a flight attendant that I used to fly with out of there, and he, an older flight attendant, I guess he was a steward back in the Rickenbacker days. He was uh, so ancient. But uh, I remember talking with him and and, uh, asking him uh, where did he park his car. He said, well, I've never owned a car i well, always got around <laughs> New York. Yeah,
5: that, that that was the same with Webster. I, I used to say to him, because every time I flew, I, it was either uh, Miami or New Orleans turnaround. He was on it all the time. I said, well, you know, Jim, <laughs> don't you ever fly a two- or three-day trip? He said, no. He said, how would I get home? The buses don't run
1: too frequently <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> you know, so, well, you know, George. It. I said,
5: you. you yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, we talked about Parker's Bar, and I want to tell folks that when I read George's book, Flying Too Close to the Sun, which I hope everyone, oh, all of our listeners and hosts, should read that like, book. I have, it's a little, great. I have a little. If but he that has a that. chapter in there about Parker's Bar, and
5: uh, <laughs> it 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 was the
1: place to be. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, by the way, I think I told you, Neil, but a good friend of mine, a fellow who did the uh, picture on my second book, wh- is a friend of Steven Spielberg's, and he just finished ah. reading Flying Too Close to the Sun for the first time, and he said he couldn't believe yeah. it. He thought it was a great book, and he forwarded it to Spielberg and told him he should make a movie out of it. Well that was a week oh, ago. Oh,
3: okay.
5: well, heard Well, I haven't heard anything in a week, you know, so we'll see. Yeah.
7: <laughs> Wow! Yeah, great. Wouldn't that be something?
5: Oh, that would. That would be, that's every author's
1: dream, you know. Oh, of course.
7: Well, it's a that great book, wonderful. George,
1: and and uh, it's a great
2: read. It really is.
7: Oh, it is. It and, was uh, wonderful.
2: Uh, yeah. so George, uh, just remember when you get the the big seat and uh, the megaphone and all that, you just tell them you got a bunch of of uh, old actors, <laughs> you know, can fill the spot for your movie.
7: Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget. A farm <laughs> i on the best show around. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I, I, I want
1: to hear from I want to hear about Mike's time that he spent there on Long Island or spending on Long Island. Mike,
6: well, I you know, a lot of these places when you're talking about uh, all of the eastern stuff, uh, all, all I you know, I used to go over to uh when I was a mechanic, we used to go over to uh we used to have road trips over to uh to do maintenance on the airplanes at, at Eastern over there. And, of course, in the later days when I started to fly them, uh, we didn't get involved in any of the, uh, you know, walking through tunnels or anything else looking for crew schedule and all the rest of that because we were handled yeah. by General Aviation, which was Butler Aviation <laughs> at the time over there, which was yeah. just west of the Eastern Airlines hangar. And it was just kind of next to the old United hangar. So that's who used to handle us over there. We used to uh, commute most of that. We didn't spend much time around over there, but we we ate at all the fancy restaurants that we could find uh, around the local area <laughs> there. But all I remember, because we were based in Newark for years and years and years, and all I remember was the Newark Shuffle, we used to call it, when you used to come in over Sparta when you were coming from the West Coast over the VOR there, and and then you would start the routine. What I used to call it, the the, uh, turn left, turn right, turn green, turn blue, speed it up, slow it down routine, (laughs) and, uh, you know, hold over here, hold over there, and all of that. And you you had a, like like we had mentioned before about Chicago. Now, they were, Newark was a close second to them, and it was one of those things you didn't ever want to uh, miss a radio call. If you didn't want to get yeah. chewed
3: out. <laughs> oh, right. You had to
6: really listen up in Chicago right. and in Newark both, 'cause it was a real it was a real train tra- track going in there. And you would end up going yeah. over the, flying like a, a twenty three DME arc all the way around the airport, landing to the to the south or to the north, depending on which way you were. It was always a quiet Yeah. You know, I, but, I have Yeah. Uh, have uh, a, I have, a, I have
5: a good George? True Parker stories for us. Parker story for you. I don't know if you remember Bob <laughs> Alexander. He was a, an Eastern Catholic. Oh
1: yes, I remember Bob yeah. Alexander,
5: yes. Okay, well he was B-47 B- pilot. He he was married like yeah. seven times and he married the same <laughs> girl two or three times. And I asked him one day. I said, why would you ever marry the same girl two or three times? He said, well, I don't know. He said, I, I couldn't just, I just couldn't make divorce work. That's what he told me. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, flew, I flew a trip with him. <laughs> yeah. I flew a trip with him as a co-pilot one day, and he came into the cockpit. He looked really beaten. I said, what's wrong? You look, And he used to commute, by the way, from Australia. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, but, uh, that's right. Yeah. Over, yeah. Yeah. He lived in the pilot ghetto over there by LaGuardia. And he used to hang out at Parker's all the time. And one day, we were flying a trip together out of LaGuardia, and he looked terrible. I said, Bob, you look tired. What happened? He goes, oh, please. He said, I was in Parker's last night. He said, having a having a few drinks. And you know, he didn't have any cash, so I gave the uh, bartender a check, which he took, because he worked for Eastern. He knew it was good. And uh, he said, lo and behold, a couple of guys in masks came in, and they held the plate. I remember up. that. Yeah. Oh, for God's yeah, sake. And they they took all the money out of the cash register, and and uh, Alexander interrupted him. He said, "Well, look, wait a minute." He said, "I gave him a check. Could I have my check back?" And they wouldn't give
3: his <laughs> check back. He couldn't get
5: over that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs>
6: I don't know. You 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 you'd be drinking with somebody in the bar, and they start something like that. And if you owed the guy money, you were you were talking you were drinking with before you got held up. You'd, you'd hand the hand the guy here's the hundred dollars that I owe you.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but he
5: talked. You know, Alexander spoke about that for the entire trip. He said, "I couldn't believe." It. He said, "I gave the guy a hundred dollar check." And he said I only had three drinks and I couldn't even get my check back. It cost me hundred bucks <laughs> for three drinks. That's who he was complaining
3: about.
6: he was a World War II guy. Was he not, or we're talking about a different one, Alexander?
5: I don't know. Neil, You would probably know better than I. No, I. Don't I know if he was no, old. I. Yeah, I know I, him.
1: I don't uh, think he was that uh, old.
6: There was I a senior think he was one I don't
1: old either he was I think he, he was, was a
5: senior Korea Alexander of, out of yeah.
6: Kennedy he was a, he had been a, a P47 pilot during World War II yeah. cuz my dad no, knew that, him. Yeah. he was
5: that, that he, wasn't
6: him he was uh, Yeah, he was he maybe, got hired
5: maybe in, in the late 40s Yeah he might have been this uh, Bob Alexander might have been a Korean vet I'm not sure
1: Yeah yeah Well I want to hear what uh, Mark uh, Porter Mark are you with us and what's your thoughts on yeah. Miami how long you been there or West Palm Beach, wherever you are in Miami. Yeah, uh, I, was, I came
10: down just in time for Andrew. I
1: I was greeted okay. by okay,
10: Hurricane, Hurricane Andrew, and I went right out to Kendall and got blasted by it. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, a lot of Eastern people really were hurt during that uh, Hurricane Andrew and
3: uh
1: yeah tell me about it. Uh, yeah well really fun talk and uh, it really was uh, I enjoyed this and uh, we hey, just you- ex- uh, yeah anybody don do you
8: guys do you guys remember uh going to the orange bowl back in the late 60s and 70s during the good- I used to live oh, right
1: down, down the street know? from it yeah
8: yep. yeah and and if it would rain the whole stadium was just a, a, a sea of blue umbrellas, <laughs> Eastern and Pan yeah. Am. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was just a total blue sea of umbrellas.
6: All stolen. Yeah. 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 Oh, actually, I actually played. <laughs> Don, Don? I still have mine.
3: I still have, I still
6: have mine. <laughs> I
1: do hey,
3: too. Hey, Don? Yeah. I
1: played football in the Orange Bowl. Oh. We in the high, all the high schools in Miami back in the late 40s and early 50s played their games at the Orange Bowl Stadium, and yep. I played sure did. You know, wow. Miami Tech High School. Miami Tech High School,
7: yeah, oh, the I old Orange sick. Bowl,
1: yeah,
9: yeah.
7: Boy,
3: that's so, uh, famous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can
2: you make this One stuff of the up last or? teams played there was Miami High and Edison.
1: Yeah, Miami High. Well, I played for Miami Tech High School where I took uh, high school for three hours and, and aviation uh, maintenance mechanics, A&E, we used to call it back in the day. And uh, we'll have to have a show on that. I'll have to do that on a weekday. <laughs>
8: do, you remember, do you remember Bayfront Park Auditorium?
1: Yeah, and there was a boat. Remember down on Bayfront Park? Yeah, there was a boat. Yeah, so, it's yeah, yeah, it ran aground, re, re, ran aground. yeah, big yep. ship.
5: Hey, Neil, I, I went through the Miami Airport two years ago. I was going to Panama to go fishing. I, I would. I didn't even recognize it. They have uh, all Got these uh, mm-hmm. monorails now that go to all the terminals. And uh, even the Taj yeah. Mahal was Born down, there was another building there now, you
6: know. Yeah. Have you ever been to the real one? <laughs> oh, yeah, I've plenty of.
5: Oh, no, no, not the real one. In, <laughs> In India. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no.
6: <laughs> been there and done that one.
5: <laughs> and Neil, you, you would probably remember that on the way to Miami Airport, to and from, there was a toll booth on the highway there. Do you remember that?
1: Well, the causeway, uh, Venetian causeway, had a toll booth going to the beach. And no, that no, was this the was only on the toll way, booth. This was on the way to the, the airport, airport?
5: I remember that.
2: Yeah, I think it was I a can't quarter.
1: That. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. There's a
2: toll booth to uh, Biscayne Key, too. Right,
5: yeah, I, that's remember right. I remember that myself. Yes, yeah. I remember that.
2: Yes, yes. I remember the, the yeah, famous thing from the from the uh, people downtown, you know, the politicians. Don't worry about paying for it. Uh, It'll be paid off in in 10 years, and it's still (laughs) collecting money today.
1: Uh, Yeah, probably 10 times
2: as much as it was originally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Do you remember remember the name of the bridge, uh, uh, the person that they dedicated the bridge going over to Key Biscayne, what it was called?
2: Um, I the probably wasn't, do. But the, 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 Rickenbacker it? Daniel, it the Rickenbacker, oh, that's
1: right. cause yeah, Rickenbacker yeah, yeah, yeah. Causeway. Danielle, it was a Rickenbacker Causeway. Isn't yeah.
7: it still the Rickenbacker down there, Don? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's still the Rickenbacker. It's still the same. Yeah. Yeah. And they're
2: still collecting money. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
3: yes,
2: they are. Except it started out, what, at it, 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 uh, a nickel or a dime? And now I think yeah. it costs you like five bucks.
6: Well, yep, yeah. and across the Verrazano right. Bridge up here in New York, it was twenty-five cents until I got it paid for. Now it costs you—I think it's seventeen dollars. Uh, oh, or, wow. uh, it's So one way wow.
7: thing—you
6: only have to pay for it one way, but it's seventeen bucks, I think.
7: Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, but that's terrible. Yeah,
6: that's
5: right. <laughs> it's, it's really expensive.
7: Oh wow!
5: Well, yeah, well, you, it, I believe you know, it used to be. It used to be free for the people who lived on Staten Island, but I don't know if that's still the case. No, it's you not. You know, George,
8: I family there. it's not free.
5: Okay. I
1: George, I'm going to put on in on a Staten request. Island. I'm going to put in a request, George, that you do a book and title it The Bridges of New York. There was a movie called <laughs> The Streets of the Gangs of New York, I'd like for you to do the Bridges of New York and Tunnels, of course. <laughs>
6: Mod- modified version of the Bridges of Tokori.
7: Yeah, right, uh, exactly. Yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> well, that's good <laughs> Good talk, and uh, that's, uh, that's uh, open mic. That's what we've been doing, talking about fun times with Eastern Airlines. I did a recording of uh, what I wanted to say uh, Including tonight's radio show by remembering The celebration we held two days ago Of course Independence Day July 4th And never celebrated Like this before I don't think In the history of this country yeah. no, uh, yeah. Where most of us stayed inside And uh, if a Neighborhood had fireworks that's Where you saw it But uh, the importance of that day Of course is what We all should think about and those people that uh, originally fought the American Revolution to gain our independence, and uh, it was a long process. And uh, like uh, it mentioned, uh, I was about to mention these guys became uh, traitors. They became traitors of England, and uh, there were there was a price on their heads uh, when they signed the Declaration uh, from the King. Uh, King George III, I think it was, and um, so July 4th is very important, and uh, I hope it's uh, a better July 4th next year that we
3: have.
6: Well, I hope so. as, as we know, Eastern yeah. did a nice job back. Uh, we all remember that, uh, you know, on the 200th anniversary in '76, they all they all had oh, the, yeah. uh, the they all had the big sticker on the <laughs> left-hand side of the fuselage. Yeah, that's right. That's yep. I, I remember that. That's right. Sure did.
7: Wow, that must have been well, nice.
2: Mark, uh, did we get of any airlines, news? Uh, uh, I didn't get it. Uh, anything going with the New Eastern? Well, that's what I was
1: going to ask Mark Porter next. He's been uh, ready to tell us what's going on with uh, the New Eastern. Mark, you're on the air. Okay. Well, they put up a,
10: a route map. I don't know if any of you saw that.
1: But uh, they're yeah, now I did
10: gonna start I'm really gonna start service on the fifteenth to Haiti. Um, which is their first Caribbean uh, destination. Now, I think it's rather smart with all the Haitian Americans living in uh, New, York. New York. Now uh, now it's the they need the service. Um, but I, I think they're doing it with two aircraft. Um, I was looking at the roof structure and the days, Um and I haven't seen that they've been, given
3: permission yet to fly three of their 15 aircraft. So, Mark, if you're on the um, speaker,
7: could you just pick up the handset instead?
3: Thank you, Dorothy. Yeah, yeah he's breaking a hard up. I'm hearing, hearing you. Yeah.
7: Yes. If I,
10: if I put you on speaker, you can hear me better. It's, no, but no. Yeah, so
9: well, maybe
3: so. That's a thing.
10: Is that better?
9: Yeah. No, you sound better. very far away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
10: And
7: I guess these it's
10: more expensive phones, and they don't work There
7: really.
10: you go. Oh. oh yeah,
7: okay. That's, that's much better. That's much better.
10: Okay. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm waiting to see that the Department of Transportation allows them to fly at least four or five aircraft because – uh, as soon as Los Cabos and San Diego come into play, they'll need at least one to two more aircraft for that. Hmm. Uh, flying on the East Coast right now, they, they can handle um, the close distance. It's going into um, Guayaquil and Guyana that are the five and six and a half hour flights or six hour and 27 minutes that uh, take a strain on their older aircraft and we're waiting for um n771 the uh, 777 to come out uh, of the shop in kansas city Mm. so it's already painted and the seat checks are done Um, i think they're just uh, fixing up the the interior because as you know it's just going to be economy and economy plus
1: yeah. Very good. Uh, I get, okay.
7: I got a newsletter mark. Sure. Did you get the newsletter saying that there um uh, those Georgetown flights uh, they were uh mm-hmm. suspending them for July and they wouldn't be open till August first?
10: Well, I don't think it'll be That's... open then either because if we're no. going back in um and gonna shut the door on everyone has to stay home again and stuff, stuff, uh, then I think a lot of foreign countries won't want the United States flying into their countries, which will then leave us basically flying within the United States for now.
2: Oh, wow. Mm. One um, road, uh, England's one of the ones England? that's shutting the doors, right?
10: The who? England. The Europeans? England. Yeah, 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 the Europeans, but it, it's uh, you know, it's a smart decision on their part. Uh, you don't want to get reinfected. Um, yeah. Or, so or that's true. I, if people would only wear their masks and do what the CDC says, then our rates would go down. Right, there wouldn't
7: but, be a problem. But, 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 but they don't do that. No. They don't no, wear masks. No, that's a fact. Well nod. I was
10: I was I was talking the other day to a friend of mine on Facebook and um he said just like this the president says it will go away and ninety nine percent of it's not effective. And I said to him, I know you're young, but it's even killing the young people in their thirties. He says, No, that's not true. And
1: that's me.
7: Well, well we that's another show
1: that. let's, let's leave that yeah, for another show important. Yeah, we'll
7: leave it for another show That's right that's, yeah. You we could go that on and on about that for sure
1: mm-hmm. Dorothy, I want to turn it over to you Because we're nearing the end of uh, the time we have So uh, okay. would you uh, tell us what's coming up And
7: Yes, and, uh, uh, we have uh, 1,046 members And uh, our upcoming show is... Uh, Uh, The next one will be our music dance program, The Bands of the 50s, followed by A Little Humor Goes a Long Way. That's going to be a nice show, a fun show. And then we'll uh, talk again about the bands in the uh, 60s. And then we'll have History Crew schedule. I'm, I'm anxious to hear about that and then we'll follow with a, a retirement over the history of commercial aviation. So we have quite a few because even in September we get a couple scheduled. So, folks, just check our website and our e-blast. We'll give you all the upcoming ones that we send out every single week. And don't forget we have the Retired Eastern Pilots Association show that Neil does For the Repartee, and that's on Thursday. So that's at 3 o'clock. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Um, We do want to remind people that uh, if you would care to uh, donate to us, we are always looking for sponsors to help us stay on the uh, air. Uh, We'd like to stay until 2021, and anyone that sends in a donation of $40, you'll receive a signed copy of Neil's book, Wings of Many, so it's a fun read, and uh, you'll love it. Uh, it was a, It's a great book, and we enjoy reading it for sure. Uh, you can send any correspondence or donations uh, to the EAL radio show, uh, and it will be in care of Captain Neil Holland, 9776, San Jose Boulevard, Suite 12B, that's in Jacksonville, Florida, 32257. So why not be a sponsor by sending our donation to keep the radio voice of Eastern Airlines alive and well, and as I said, well into 2021. Uh, Now I see we are in a range of our point of departure on this once upon a long time ago flight. So Mike, would you please put us down gently at John F. Kennedy International Airport?
6: Sure. Kennedy Tower, this is Eastern 465. We have the airport in sight. If traffic permits, we'd like to runway 31 left.
5: Uh, Roger, Eastern 465. We've also got you in sight, and the wind is 300 at 10 knots. Uh, There's no reported traffic between you and the aerodrome, so you're clear to land on runway 31
6: left. Roger, Kennedy. We're coming in. I'm going to make one of my WACO landings. Uh, how's that, Eastern? What
5: landing? <laughs> on the
6: grass, of course. We always do smooth landings on the grass. Just kidding. Oh yeah, you're gonna do a
5: three-pointer or a wheel landing?
6: Yeah, uh, we all like wheelies. There you go. <laughs>
2: Captain, be sure to tune in again next Monday, July 13th, when America's favorite way to fly returns to the cyber with the big bands playing for Eastern Airlines. We hope you will join us. And don't forget to tune in Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time for the REPA Radio Hour, stories by the pilots of Eastern Airlines. If you haven't heard one, one of these broadcasts, You're really missing out. It has some really great Eastern talk. Our producer is telling me it's time to say goodbye. This is Chuck Albright with employee number 018632. Signing off on behalf of tonight's hosts, Dorothy and Don, Mike, Colleen, George, Mark, and, of course, our producer, Neil Holland, playing the sign-off music made popular by Merle Haggard. Over wings, We're
9: standing here behind. Silver wings, shining in the
2: sunlight. Good night, Eastern family and friends from around the world, and good night, Eastern Airlines, wherever you are. We love you, Eastern. Now, all of us, when I count to three. One, two, three, <laughs> Good night, Easter. Good night. Love
10: you,
6: Easter. Good
9: night. night.
6: 78946
2: signing off.
9: (laughs) Slowly fading out of sight.
7: Bye, guys.
6: Good show. Thanks so much. God bless Charlie Daniels.
7: Yeah, there you go. Yes, Bye. that's right. Yeah. we see you. Great one. Bye-bye. Bye.